This is The Newsstand, episode 56. We're recording this on Wednesday, March 16th, 2016. I'm Ryan Gallagher. Tonight, we'll be discussing the June 2016 Criterion Collection lineup that was just announced earlier today, as well as a few other pieces of news that have gone on over the past couple weeks since our last episode of The Newsstand. Uh, Joining me to talk about this stuff tonight, I have Scott Nye. Hey, Scott. Hey, thanks for bearing with me as I deal with some equipment issues. It's it's this damn Japanese equipment. Strange thing is, it makes such bloody good cameras. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh joining me also tonight i have Arik devins hey Arik, you're gonna have to answer to the coca-cola company ryan <laughs> well guys tonight we have a lot of fun things to talk about the june titles went up earlier this afternoon after being delayed one day as as per usual oh you criterion breaking <laughs> our hearts has there ever been an official? I know we talk about this every month when the, when the <laughs> when the announcements are delayed. They have never really like. There's no official statement anywhere saying that it's like the fifteenth, right? It's always like just the middle of the month. But I mean, traditionally, it has been the fifteenth. But there's I no mean, like. I don't, I don't I think, think there's been any official statement of any kind. <laughs> yeah. I think it's they're, they're it just like, started happening that way, and then we all assumed. I think one of the things we like about Criterion is the ability to do this kind of Kremlinology where it's like, okay, well, I don't know. They put this picture up on their Instagram from a Laserdisc from 20 years ago. It means they're going to release it within the next two weeks, you know, that kind of stuff. So, But I don't think they've ever officially said it. Yeah. Um I mean, I mean, everyone now, it's kind of like a joke on the forums and online, you know, you know, on our Slack chat and on Twitter and everywhere. Everyone kind of just assumes like, well, you know, today is the, the day when Criterion should announce the titles, but <laughs> we should all prepare ourselves for the real possibility that it will be the next day or maybe the day after. Uh, the worst is when the 15th is a Friday or there's a holiday or, you know, I mean, it's so easy for it to. Yes, to get pushed off. Uh, luckily, yesterday they did give us. They they did tell us in advance. You know, and it was kind of early on in the day, so it wasn't really a big deal. I was worried that today, as we got closer to you know around between two and three, when they usually will make the announcements on the West Coast, uh, I just kept expecting them to say, you know, oh, it's got it's been delayed one more time. Sorry, guys, <laughs> it'll be tomorrow, uh, which would really screw up our recording schedule just because Tuesdays and Wednesdays are traditionally like the best days for me to record. And so whenever the 15th falls on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, it's just like, okay, well, that's a perfect timing for the newsstand to record. I think they knew they wanted to make you happy. <laughs> I think they always want to make me happy. And you know what? I they, they totally made me happy this month. There are, uh, so bef- uh, should we do our, t- okay, let, let's save the June titles and let's talk a little bit about a couple of pieces of news and then we can talk about a couple of other pieces of news after the june titles but before we do the june titles this is kind of big and it's kind of follow-up uh to past episodes but and we didn't talk about it on the last episode of the newsstand just because it hadn't been announced yet but it actually came out like the day before i released the episode that we had already recorded earlier on that week um but the criterion uk stuff has been kind of officially confirmed and uh, pre-orders are up this is something that Scott, you were on the episode when we talked about this uh, almost a month ago, or a little over a month ago now. But um, we now know that C- Criterion is expanding to the UK. We have uh, six titles that they're they're launching with in April, and uh, it's a real thing. And uh, you know, we've we've seen some responses and some kind of reactions from people in the UK. Most people are very excited. Some of the uh, home video distributors in the UK. Uh, 
are maybe less than excited just because this now puts another a huge player in the market there kind of taking up titles that they might have uh, released otherwise but uh i guess do you guys have any or arc i guess i haven't really talked to you about this at all do you have any thoughts on the criterion uk announcement and how what this might mean you know for criterion or for criterion fans yeah um the it's not directly related to the UK thing, but one thing I found really interesting was that as part of the statement, um, I forget who was speaking for the collection, but they said that for the first time in 30 years or ever, basically, they now have um, licensing de- deals with all the major American studios and that um, they have so many movies to release that the major issue right now is uh, finding the slots in the schedule as opposed to uh, finding the films. And for me, at least someone who cares a lot about uh, the lack of Blu-ray upgrades this year, that helped make perfect sense as to why we've only seen Bicycle Thieves because I think they just are inundated with these titles and they're trying to to get them out. Um, but as for the UK issue directly, I was initially a little bit um, worried about it because you know, uh, since the death of dual format, you know, we've obviously all been complaining about some of the, you know, uh, compromises Criterion maybe has been making. And I was worried that more of a divided focus might be detrimental to them. But once we found out that it was definitely just, you know, the same releases as here, spine number and all with just the, uh, whatever the British censorship board, uh, stickers are on there and stuff like that. I think it, it really can only be a good thing at this point because it should just bring more money into the company. Uh, it's a little bit of a weird move because the UK is not that big, but um, yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah, do we know if if these will be available? I guess like uh, region two. I mean, so the distribution deals. This doesn't expand into Europe, right? This is just the UK. I think at the moment it's just the UK, but ours isn't all of Europe region uh, B. It is, and I I guess I guess it must just be like a technicality, like you know they they sell in the uk but people can easily import if because of the european union and because they're all region b i don't i guess i don't know how that how that the the distribution deals are kind of carved up per country i think the territories yeah i think the territories individually still have their own rights because i was actually thinking about this in regards to doubt one i was watching it earlier today um is that arrow released it region b in the uk but carlotta released their own set you know right next door in france so even if it's still the same region, I think the individual rights per country are still somewhat broken up. Yeah. Uh, Scott, do you have any, any further thoughts now that we, I mean, we talked about this last month and do you have any, like now that this is a real thing, do you have any uh, reactions to what has been revealed? Uh, yeah, I, I hadn't seen, they haven't posted anything to their site, have they? No, um, there's, it's there's just the Amazon pre-orders, right? That's correct. And I, I'm really curious to see what they do with you know, the criterion.com site if, or if they're going to do some kind of UK, you know, mirror of their site with, with the titles that they have available, or if there will be some kind of option for the UK folks to pre-order directly from criterion. That's not up yet though. Yeah. I was kind of expecting something like that today along with the announcements or at least some sort of more official post. Um, but until then, I mean, I'm definitely intrigued. I definitely, uh, am glad for our UK friends who can, you know, avoid importing at a, steep rate even when the barnes noble sales on it's not cheap for them to be getting criterions uh and i definitely feel for all the independent distributors it's weird to think we're in a time where criterions kind of like the huge player in the home video market but uh <laughs> that's where we are these days so it'll be interesting to see i hope there's enough room for everybody because we love our uk distributors um 
but yeah, I'll definitely be interested to see how it plays out. It's been a long time since uh, since the website's been significantly overhauled. I wonder if we do get a Criterion.co.uk, if it would coincide coincide with a maybe a, a a new site. Yeah, I could see that. Do you guys think uh, this is kind of a tangent, but what you kind of what you just said sparked something that I've been thinking about recently? So you know, several years ago when they kind of rebranded with the Wacky C, um, that was about you know what was that like two thousand five or six or was that later? I than think that? it was five. Maybe yeah, it was like a long four. time ago. Yeah, it's like the three hundreds or something. Yeah. Do you think there's any possibility that they would rebrand again, or do you think they've now like settled into this and like this is how they're going to ride out the remainder of their existence? It's sort of hard to see them changing just in the sense that they were very careful if you you know if you look at sort of the periods before and after other than a little bit of consistency with the black bar and the white line like there's not really any kind of system to any of those any of the packaging or any of the menus up until that point in time and now they've been it's been you know quite a long time now that they've had a very consistent design system and it's a design system that's pretty flexible it lets them do a lot of things. So, I mean, I never say never because, you know, on a long enough timeline, they will redesign again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but um, I don't see it happening in any time frame that would be of any, you know, that would matter to us. Yeah, yeah I definitely agree. Although personally, I've never really liked the Wacky C. So if they want to, that's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really have any ideas as to what would be right, better. Exactly. I think that they, I think this works really well for them and is I think it's still pretty fresh in like the, the design sense. Um, so I, I don't really have any problems with it. I was just, I was looking at my shelves one day and I was thinking, you know, I wonder if they'll, if they, if they think about this, if they're tr- thinking about, you know, five years from now, like what their brand will look like and if they're planning on, you know, if, if this feels stale to them or if they still feel, you know, confident in, in how they appear, you know, to everyone. Would drive the OCD folks absolutely crazy if yeah. they change oh, yeah. the, those, those sides. Um, I also think that you know people uh, talk about their great design a lot, and it is great. But one thing I think we forget is that their information design is also really, really great. Like if I'm just browsing my shelf and I want to see the the you know relevant facts about a film, if I'm trying to decide what I want to watch, it's it's so easy. So definitely. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess for anyone who hasn't already read the news about Criterion's UK expansion, this was so this kind of the timeline of this news kind of broke uh, last week when the April um, magazine or the April issue of Sight and Sound was uh, the digital version of it went up online and people started flipping through it and immediately there was a piece of news uh, in it kind of confirming the rumors that Criterion was expanding to the UK on April eighteenth. Um, the titles that they're going to be launching with are Grey Gardens, It Happened One Night, Macbeth, uh, Only Angels Have Wings, Speedy, and Tootsie. Um, although I think in the on the U- Criterion U- or the uh, Amazon UK website, they actually call it the Tragedy of Macbeth by William Shakespeare, or I can't even remember now if they call it Roman Polanski's film. No, I think they call it the Tragedy of Macbeth and not just Macbeth, which is even the, like that's how it's kind of. Uh, the t- the title treatment is listed on the Criterion cover. Um, just you know, the the U.S. title is just Macbeth. So I thought that was interesting. Um, there, I think there's also the chance that so I talked a little bit about this with Brian on the off the shelf last week when we were going over some news, and I think the um, there's another uh, title possibly on Amazon UK right now that is available for pre-order, which is. Uh, Ivan's childhood. And 
Ivan's Childhood is also getting a UK release from uh, Artificial Eye, who's doing a number of other Tarkovsky films. And this is one case where we might see two, you know, studio or two companies kind of uh, butting up against each other with the same, or, you know, with, with rights to a film, uh, you know, in different territories, but maybe they will see like if one of them backs down from releasing it, uh, you know, maybe Criterion. Yeah, I find it hard to believe they would ever release anything that that they didn't, if they knew that they didn't have the rights to it, someone else did. They they seem like a very uh, non-confrontational company. I yeah, it's weird. I th- we've seen you know when Arrow came to the U.S., there were a couple of titles, or at least there's been one notable title that they, you know announced during the Kickstarter campaign for their their expansion and then you know it got delayed and now it's kind of been delayed indefinitely but there's still no and it was kind of like well we don't have the US rights worked out for it and so we can't release it yet and um but no other company has kind of come forward I think and said that they and that's the blood and black lace release that Arrow was going to do in the in the US and so I wonder you know like maybe I'm sure Criterion will be cautious about this kind of stuff, but um, it's very interesting. The those Tarkovsky film, those Tarkovsky Blu-rays, those haven't started going out yet, right? Those are those are all next month. Yeah, yeah I don't think they're out yet. Um, and I think uh, there, I think Overlord is that another one that has been kind of discovered on the Amazon UK website as maybe coming to Criterion UK. I definitely saw that mentioned somewhere, but I've lost track in the like. <laughs> various flurry of announcements and rumors and fake announcements and all that. Yeah, I mean, Criterion's still the closest. I mean, there there have been official press releases going out and you know uh, interviews like like Eric said with I think Jonathan Terrell and uh, talking to different people. I think there was like the Guardian article where they where they mentioned was it the Guardian that where you mentioned the the studio deals um, and. But there really hasn't been like an official criterion writing on their own website yet saying like, here is, you know, we're launching in the UK. Here's maybe they're waiting for the, you know, April 18th for that release day to kind of, you know, make all this big, uh, you know, announcement time for it, I guess. The only uh, overlord I see on Amazon.co.uk just with a quick search was the import. But mm-hmm. um, it's it's possible it was there. But it's possible I just didn't find it. Uh, it. It does seem weird that there's been this much. Uh, official announcement about it without them officially announcing it, right? But um, I'm sure they, you know, I'm sure they have some kind of plan. Yeah. Well, um, so a couple of other pieces of news before we get to the June stuff. The, um, I guess another kind of UK uh, piece of news is that uh, The Last Command is going to be coming to Masters of Cinema uh, while the Von Sternberg set here in the States is is uh, still out of print, right? Uh, it's got that, you know, you can buy it at Amazon. Thing. Oh, okay. So not, Amazon, it's like $900 not, billion. Dollars. <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, so not technically out of print, but, uh, you know, effectively out of print. No, and I think that is one where they, someone wrote Mulvaney and he said, it's, you know, it's coming back. It's a packaging thing. We don't know when, blah, blah, blah. But it's been a long time. As someone who picked this up during one of the recent sales, I am uh, enjoying this a little bit of purgatory myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, same in, in a rather you know uh, self fulfilling way, but uh, in, for everyone else's sake, I hope uh, I hope it comes back. They're phenomenal films. I really hope they they can get oh, that yeah. out. The other piece of news um, 
I guess a little bit of you know news follow up is that the uh, when Code Unknown was released, there was a um, mastering error that I think some of the review sites picked up on, or at least some people were complaining about. I think on on the forums about this, um, there was like a a skipping uh, error where like some frames were being skipped uh, about eight to ten minutes into. Um, or I maybe throughout the film, but like, you know, there's, uh, examples around eight to 10 minutes in, um, and Criterion hasn't made like an official post about it, but there is, there has been confirmation from different outlets like blu-ray.com about there being an exchange program. So if you are, if you have one of these code unknown discs that skips, uh, you can send yours in to get replaced. The, let's see, so the Metrograph, that's one thing that we didn't talk about last time, uh, that I didn't talk about with uh, Mark last time on the newsstand that I thought I would just mention here just because it seems like a pretty cool piece of news where, so the Metrograph, this uh, theater that was kind of uh, launched recently in New York is teaming up, you know, a lot of folks from Criterion like Michael Koreski uh, is heavily involved with this and they are the Criterion Collection is kind of working with them uh, to do these series of of live events, or, you know, live in that they're going to be screening some of upcoming releases. Uh, on April sixth, they're doing a a screening of the new the Kennedy films of Robert Drew and Associates release. This is one where you pay thirty five dollars to go to this screening, but you're actually getting a copy of the the release itself, the the Blu ray of the you know of this of these Kennedy documentaries. Um, there have been, I think, uh, I think Keith had mentioned that he got a reply from them saying that they, that there will be screenings kind of like this around the country coming soon, or at least like that's their, their plan is that they're going to be working more on, uh, you know, and that these have, they've done, you know, screening, similar screenings in like in Austin and in other places, you know, kind of timed with their, uh, upcoming releases where the, you know, the various theaters will show like, you know, the Blu-ray copies early. Um, but it's pretty exciting that they're working so closely with the Metrograph and the Metrograph has such a, you know, a nice aesthetic overall, like the new, you know, a new website and, um, you know, film essays and whatnot on it. They do some stuff out here in San Francisco. They're, they're doing, uh, an, an afternoon with Janice films and the Criterion collection. And I looked into going, but the tickets were like, I want to say like $1,500 or something. I don't know what's going on. It looks like now you can get regular tickets. I think I was just seeing the um, the membership tickets or something like that. But it looks like they're going to be uh, screening um, Blood Simple. So that's cool. Maybe I'll go check that out. Oh, right. So isn't that part of the the festival, like the San Francisco Film Festival that, that they're where they're getting the award? Is that what that is? Uh, I don't think. Oh, yes, yes. You know what? Yes, it is. It's part of the International Film Festival. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that was another piece of news is that, you know, uh, we talked about this last time with the, in regards to the Wexner talk, but um, the Coen brothers are going to be presenting um, Janice Films and Criterion with an award uh, at the San Francisco Film Festival. <laughs> yeah. uh, and in it, they, in the, the various articles that have gone around, they've, there's this new restored edition of Blood Simple that, uh, that it seems like Criterion is going to be releasing at some point soon. Yeah, this definitely has the Criterion Collection logo and their name on it, so I think so. Um, let's see. I think that might be it. We can jump into the. Uh, I think that's everything I had here. 
So let's talk about the June titles that were just announced today. Uh, very exciting. Some stuff was a little bit, uh, you know, I guess for the hardcore followers of this stuff, you might have, uh, you know, had some of these titles spoiled for you yesterday in that a lot of this was revealed through, I mean, some of these have been teased at for ages now and we've known these are coming. Some of them were teased were revealed yesterday in, you know, phantom pages going up, uh, as they often do the day or so before the releases go up. And so, um, I, I do you guys, I mean, I know this was like, we talked about this internally as it was going up, but, uh, do you both follow the, like the the various forums that you know obsessively track down the phantom pages? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I have just enough to do at work that it keeps me from occupying myself with anything else, and just little enough to do that I can obsessively track the phantom pages. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely haven't become one of the people who type in the numbers, but I. Uh, yeah, nor I. I. <laughs> but I'm on the Criterion forum a lot, so yeah. Definitely. So uh, we're getting six titles in June, a big month. No upgrades, no Eclipse box sets. <sighs> I mean, upgrades, I guess, in the sense that some of these titles were once laser discs, and so uh, I guess that's as close to a Blu-ray upgrade as we're going to get now in this new world of of no upgrades. But it is six new titles. That's a that's a hefty amount. It is yes. Plowing yeah, through that deck that they mentioned. Yeah, this will be uh, a great month of releases to talk about uh, on Criterion Cast Chronicles. And then, you know, for people who uh, are going to be waiting for the July Barnes & Noble sale, this will be, you know, uh, some great titles to pick up then. So, June 7th, spine number 817, Michelangelo Antonioni's Le Amice. This, is, uh, this has previously been released on Blu-ray through Masters of Cinema. Um Scott, when you reviewed this for our site, I was looking back, you just reviewed the DVD. Did we, did we, was this before the Blu-ray was released? No, this was kind of back when we had just started ramping up our coverage of Masters of Cinema and you had like a huge stack of discs that they'd sent you over the years. So this, (laughs) so I started doing that in like 2012. And so I think that disc must've been released in like 2010 or 2011. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, I saw that restoration touring and when I lived in, Portland for a year, so that must have been in 2010. So the disc was probably 2011. Um, I don't know why they just sent the DVD, but it still looks gorgeous there. So I'm sure the Blu-ray was even better. Um, but this is an amazing film. I was this teased at in Criterion? I, did I miss something about that? I don't think so. I, I yeah. Did, I I mean I I in thinking back to the various like uh, the, there was definitely no email newsletter about it, and if there was any kind of tease on the the New Year's drawing. Um, I don't think anyone has brought that up. Uh, I mean, the only thing, I mean, really it was just the phantom pages that kind of uh, revealed this to us yesterday. Yeah. I mean, the title translates to the girlfriends. So if there was like a group of girls hidden in any criterion drawing, I don't think anyone would really pay attention and be like, Oh, it must be this Antonioni movie. Um, But uh, yeah, it's a really amazing film and I hope people check it out, especially those who might not necessarily think they're fans of Antonioni because this is, very different. There's a lot more dialogue and action. It's much more of a straightforward melodrama while still touching on so many of his favorite themes. And like I said, I, this is probably the same restoration that they used for Masters of Cinema Discs. So people who have that might not necessarily look to upgrade. You know, I'm interested in this interview regarding the importance of fashion in Antonioni's work, but at the same time, this isn't such a stacked disc and it is at their higher price point, which seems like a bit of a stretch, um, especially after Bitter Rice came out uh, at the lower one. But uh, as long as more people get to see this, it's all it's all good with me. 
So says, these new. Oh, sorry, Ryan. Go no, ahead. go ahead. It says new 2K digital restoration, so I don't know uh, what new means in that context. I wouldn't define 2011 as new, but they may be because it might be new to the U.S. Yeah, Criterion has definitely stretched the definition of new restoration <laughs> in recent releases. So yeah. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the the Eureka website for the Lemichi release that they did, uh, I mean, that one says beautiful new transfer of the film in its recent restoration by Cineteca di Bologna. So it, that could be the same one. I mean, they work with them all the time. So it's probably, I mean, maybe, I doubt it's a new restoration, but maybe it's just like a new scan of it. Things yeah, I mean, people are turning around restorations of studio films like once a year, it seems like, but Le Miche, I'm not so sure. Cineteca de Bologna tends to be pretty much the final word on this kind of stuff too anyway, doesn't it? It, it seems like it, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that, that Eureka release has a separate uh, video uh, essay on the arc of Antonio's career, so and that one's not included on this release. Um so yeah, but okay, cover art. I saw you. Not com- a fan. I, I saw you comment on this earlier, Scott. Uh, I, I don't really know what else to say about it. I, I, but I saw people saying they liked it, so I can't just say at the same time, you know, just look at it. It's obviously terrible, but it's yeah. not really fitting the mood of the film. They're all quite happy, and they're not very happy in the movie. Especially since like there's that painting that Master of Cinema used on their cover, uh, which I have to imagine was like a you know a poster for the film. Uh, which is so much nicer than the, the than the image that they came up with. I mean, I'm you know I like kind of like the the title treatment that they that yeah they, that's good. But yeah, the you know as as usual, I'm not really a big fan of just regular you know photographs of people from the film as the the cover kind of plainly on the. But anyway, it has kind of a, a designing women aesthetic to me, which is <laughs> yeah, not, not necessarily a good thing. All right, so. Um, the following week, on June 14th, Jean Renoir's La Chienne. This is, uh, this was, so I feel like a couple of years ago, this played at Cannes at the, during like the Cannes Classics lineup. And uh, that was kind of what originally planted this seed in my head, like, oh, maybe this will come to Criterion at some point, just because there's a new restoration of the film. And uh, I think, notably Aaron, when he went to visit the Criterion Collection offices, he you know, brought this up and asked like, oh, well, will you guys ever do this? And they, you know, probably gave them a, him a cryptic answer, but uh, it's now here. Uh, this cover is by this uh, Canadian, I think it's Canadian uh, comic artist, Blutch. But uh, I only kind of briefly looked up his art, but uh, it's pretty nice. I like it. So what's special about this release? I mean, there's so many things special about this release. It's a new 4K restoration of the film. Um but we're getting a an entire other film uh, included on this. This is uh, uh, on Purge, Bebe, his first <laughs> his first sound film, also starring Michelle Simone. Uh, never before on Blu-ray or DVD in the U.S. Was that previously available elsewhere, like in the U.K.? Not that I could find. Um, this La Chienne had just come out in Blu-ray, actually in France in October. Um, but there haven't been a lot of reviews on it, so I haven't seen anyone. I couldn't find any comments about the restoration specifically, which I assume they're using the same one. Um, but I'm very, very excited to check this out. I've never seen the film before. I watched a little bit of it on YouTube today. There's an uploaded version with no subtitles. So I, I kind of, you know, my rusty French, I got the <laughs> basic gist of the first 15 minutes or so, but it looks like a gorgeous film. And even in, you know, kind of a bad YouTube rip, uh, it looked good. So I'm very excited to see in 4K. And then, yeah, anytime you get a whole bonus film in it, that 
makes you feel a little bit better about Criterion's higher price point. It looks like that uh, bonus film uh, was available or is available in on Amazon France, but uh, not probably, I would imagine, with no uh, English subtitles. Yeah, I'm, I'm so often tempted to order things from Amazon France, but I just know that I'm going to end up getting discs with no subtitles or, you know, uh, French menus and no subtitles. Mm-hmm. And then it'll just be like, it'll just sit on my shelf because I'll think, well, I'm not really going to watch this, even though, you know, there's so many, like, uh, I, th- I think there's like this, uh, what was that, the De Palma film recently where they did like a, like this really expensive box set or like the, one of the Chimino films that they, they got, they gave this like extravagant special edition. I was like, oh, this looks like something I should order. But then, you know, no English subtitles is kind of a deal breaker for me. Yeah, I often scroll to the bottom of Amazon France listings being like subtitles, subtitles. Oh, crap, no. <laughs> I don't think it's a big priority for uh, for the French. No, oh, no. I'm, I'm, sure that they, <laughs> I'm sure that's very much on purpose. It's probably a selling point, like subtitles, subtitles, yes, buy this no subtitle disc. <laughs> yeah, when I was in uh, Paris, I was just wandering through, they have great DVD stores there and going through so many releases, like, oh, I can get this. Oh, no, I can't. Oh, well. <laughs> So one of the the big uh, you know supplements on this release is this ninety minute television program. Uh, this conversation between Jean Renoir and Michel Simone, moderated by Jacques Rivette. This is a, a pretty special supplement, I think, for everyone who has been kind of immersing themselves in Jacques Rivette's films over the past uh, couple months. Now that Out One is available, as well as Paris Belongs to Us, uh, very exciting. Yeah, someone pointed out that. Um at least some version of this program was also on the, uh, what do you call it, the Stage and Spectacle, yeah, Stage and Spectacle's box set, uh, the Renoir set. Do you, either of you guys have that? Can, do you know uh, if that's the full version of this program? Because I think this is just one segment of it. Um, so I don't know if they just excerpted it for that, for that the DVD release, um, or if this is a complete like, kind of repeat supplement. So those are what is that? The Golden Coach and French yeah. Can and Elena yeah. and her men. Uh, let's see here if I can. I believe it. it has the entire thing. If I'm reading oh, okay. it correctly. But. Interesting. I don't. I can't remember them ever like repeating a supplement like that. It might be just. <laughs> I don't know. It says three part interview with Renoir, Jean Renoir, par de son art. So I don't know. Maybe it was another thing that Jacques Rivette did with him. I don't know. Well, yeah. This is. It's the same title. I'm going back and forth between two listings and the one for. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Le Chien says part one of, and then on the ah, okay. spectral it says the three-part interview, I think. So I assume it's probably the whole whole thing. Although yeah. only, of course, in DVD quality, although that might be in DVD right. quality anyway, because Criterion, not not always with the HD supplements, right? Yeah, exactly. Especially for, yeah, it's aired in probably the 60s or so. Yeah, uh, 1966. Yeah. Well, they have included uh, Werner Herzog eats his shoe. I think twice now, right? Or th- oh, okay. maybe maybe three times. Twice. We might get it a third time. All <laughs> <laughs> right. If they if they uh, end up uh, upgrading Burden of Dreams, that might be the third release of it. Yeah, there's always exactly. space for eating shoes. Let's be honest. <laughs> that, I love that. I love that short. <laughs> All right. So that's on the 14th. Also on the 14th, Alexander Hall's Here Comes Mr. Jordan. Uh, a once upon a time, a Criterion Laserdisc edition of this film was released back in 1991. I think uh, this was this was one of the, the the teases from the New Year's drawing uh, with the man playing the saxophone in his uh, bath in his robe with the you know like was he have boxing gloves on? Um, so this is this is something we've known about now for uh, a couple of months. Or at least it's you know come back into conversation. 
a beautiful new cover by Caitlin Kuwald. Uh, she, if anyone uh, hasn't listened to the episode of uh, Criterion Close-Up where they interviewed her, you should go check that out. Uh, but she is, you know, consistently one of the best Criterion artists, uh, hands down. And I'm so happy that she's working with them again. This is a new 2K restoration of the film, new conversation between Michael Stragow and uh, Michael Schlesinger about the film, and new interviews, uh, the radio adaptation of the film, and uh, new essay. It would have been cool if we could have gotten uh, down to earth the, the sequel film with Rita Hayworth. I don't think that one is super like criterion worthy necessarily, but it would have been been a nice counterpoint. I do find uh, it funny if you go to the page on Criterion's website, though they they have as one of the related films uh, "Heaven Can Wait," which is a really nice um, sort of inside joke about the fact that Warren Beatty remade this movie and called it "Heaven Can Wait," which has no relation to the Lubitsch film. <laughs> well, and and this one's based on a play called "Heaven Can Wait," so it's all this whole like right <laughs> exactly related thing. Yeah, it's awesome. I love when they do that when they just you know mess around with stuff like that. Uh. Have either of you guys seen this movie before? No, I haven't. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm definitely intrigued by it though. And yeah, more Robert Montgomery. For, yeah, and always happened for Edward Everett Horton too. And kind of in a sideways way because he's on the radio adaptation more Cary Grant. So the following actually, okay. So the following week on June twenty first, we're getting a new animated film in the Criterion Collection. Uh, one that has been available before on Blu-ray and DVD through Masters of Cinema again in the UK. Fantastic Planet, the Rene Lalou film. This is one that I feel like I've been talking about on the podcast now for years. I mean, maybe even since the first couple of episodes of the podcast when we were talking about films that we would want to see come to the collection or talking about animated films that Criterion should release here in the States. Uh, Fantastic Planet is just, you know, so iconic in terms of, or, you know, in the history of like art house animated stuff, this is something that people constantly bring up as being, you know, kind of so influential on modern animation and just, uh, you know, so unique as far as, you know, titles that, you know, Criterion probably could release if they had, uh, you know, their their druthers but this is one that image i think at one point had out on dvd and you know once upon a time and then there was you know there were old laser discs but this pretty much hasn't been available in the u.s uh on blu-ray ever um unless you imported the blu-ray from masters of cinema and i think there have been two different masters of cinema blu-rays i think the first one that they did was just like a straight up Blu-ray where that one was region free. And then they did a dual format re-release of it, which is region B locked. Um, but now, you know, if you can wait a few couple months, you can get this one from, from Criterion directly. Uh, it, it has a lot of the same supplements that are on the Master of Cinema one. Although it looks like they're only including one of the shorts, but the Master of Cinema one has, I think his five short films included on that blu-ray release so uh the master cinema one also is probably going to trump whatever criterion does with their booklet because the booklet <laughs> for that one is just uh is great and it's you know a couple of essays i think craig keller has an essay in it and um so yeah but i'm i'm very excited to see this one from criterion i like the, the new artwork that eric skillman came up with for it uh it has it's gonna have a new an essay by michael brook uh, fans of Arrow films and, and you know, uh, if you read Sight and Sound, you've probably read Michael's stuff. If you've, 
you know, picked up any recent uh, Arrow releases, you probably have, you know, st- you'd probably have seen his name mentioned somewhere in the credits, or maybe even seen him uh, talking. I know he did a, you know, a supplement on, um, what was it, Doctor Jekyll and Miss Osborne? He did the, like, the discussion of Barovchik on that one. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff for the Barovchik stuff. His stuff is great. So, any time you can get some Michael Brook in there, it's always good. Uh, is that the Michael B. from the Criterion Forum? It, it is. is. Uh, yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we've got three animated films now, and two of them have "fantastic" in the title. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Ryan, do you know if uh, so? Uh, it also looks like Moc has uh, has his has the, the another Lulu film, the one with Mobius Time Masters. I'm not yeah. going to try to say the French. Do you think that could be coming? Well, there's Time Masters, and there's also Gandahar. Mm. Uh, I you know. They're very, they're not very different, but they are different than this one. Um, since they didn't include or, you know, make some kind of box set with this release, then I don't think so. I, they're, they're cool, but I don't think they, I don't think Criterion would release them individually, but I would love to be proven wrong on that. I mean, I, I hope those come to Blu-ray at some point. Um, I have both of those DVDs and I've had those for, you know, as long as we've been doing this podcast. Um but I don't think Criterion will will get those. It's a shame. I like I like to see more Mobius in the world. Yeah, I mean, if if for nothing, I've, you should definitely uh, pick those up from Masters of Cinema if you can. I thought they one of one of them had maybe gone out of print, but mm. they might still be available uh, to order online. I mean, in the, over the past few years, Masters of Cinema has has put some stuff out of print and then brought them back. And um, but yeah, I don't remember now which of those two. I did an episode of Masters of Cinema Cast on Time Masters, so you can go back and listen to me talk about it uh, on one of those. But yeah, I'm so excited that this is this is you know kind of like a dream release for me, just because it's one that um, I know like James and I would talk about these films uh, on the podcast years ago, and kind of hope for more animated stuff or any animated stuff at that point. And uh, now we're kind of like, you know, we're getting all the, the great stuff that we had hoped for. It's an animated golden age. It is. I mean, I don't know where they'll go next from this. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of other options, but um, we'll see. I guess we'll have to wait and see. The final release, actually there's, so there's two more releases on June 28th. Um, Clouds of Sils Maria, the Olivier Assayas film, which was uh, from 2014, starring, um, you know, Juliette Binoche and Kristen Stewart and Chloe Grace Moritz. Uh, the This one was an IFC release, and uh, it had gotten a DVD release through Paramount, who had kind of worked out a deal with IFC to kind of do the first run of, of some of their titles, even though Criterion has their own kind of separate deal with IFC. Um, so Paramount did film, you know, released some things like Boyhood and Clouds of Sils Maria. Although Clouds of Sils Maria, they, I think they only did a DVD release of it. Um, there is a Blu-ray in the UK, which I was so I've been tempted to buy it. It's part of a, I think a three for twenty pound sale going on right now, and I've been I have almost bought it several times, uh, and I just kept waiting for this inevitable Criterion announcement, just because they've they've teased this. Uh, you know, on Instagram and on Facebook and whatnot, like, you know, showing off pictures of pe- different people being interviewed, like Christian Stewart being interviewed or uh, Olivia Sayas being being interviewed. And um, I, you know, I can't wait for this release. They, they haven't uh, revealed the final cover art yet, though. Yeah, it's one of those. I imagine this is why they waited a day, although they apparently couldn't get it. It's a little bit like the Moonrise Kingdom situation. Um, 
I'm extremely excited for the cloud phenomena of Maloha, Maloja. I don't know how you pronounce that, but the, the 1924 silent documentary that they're including. Yeah, that, uh, that is very exciting. Uh, I, you know, I didn't even know anything about that. Uh, or at least like, I didn't realize that that was in the movie, uh, when they, when this was, as when I was seeing that, you know, listed here on the, in the list of supplements. You can find the entire thing on, on YouTube. But uh, but I am extremely extremely stoked to get it on. I've never seen it. I just really dig like silent documentaries from that era. It's funny that they list who is doing the cover art for the film, even though it's not ready yet. Uh, down at the bottom of the supplements, like it's who you can send your hate mail to. <laughs> like like what's get going it on? together. <laughs> um. So yeah, very exciting. This is definitely something. You know what's funny is like uh. And this happens with with both Robert Pattinson and uh, Kristen Stewart. But there is just like this, uh, and we've talked about this in the past over the years. Um, but there is like this online community of people who are just like still rabid fans of of both of those actors, and they will tweet about any news that is related to the either of them. And they must have alerts set up, or like maybe even like you know automated services to kind of retweet different things. But if you tweet anything about, even without mentioning the actors' names, uh, there is just like, there are all these Kristen Stewart fans out there online tweeting about this release from Criterion. Uh, it's it's pretty funny. That is definitely a community that does not usually tweet about Criterion-related news, so that's cool. The final release of, oh, do either of you have any thoughts, uh, further thoughts on this before we move on to the last one? More Juliet Binoche, yay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So the big release, I think, uh, although, you know, I guess that's kind of subjective, but the big release, I think, for the month has to be Stanley Kubrick's Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. This one is coming out uh, also on the 28th of June. This is a film that has been released you know previously on blu-ray although that other blu-ray is out of print now the kind of the, the digibook version that sony put out this is um getting a new well i don't know it says restored 4k digital transfer that the other blu-ray everyone has kind of mentioned that the the other blu-ray looks great and uh whether or not this is the same you know digital transfer i guess we'll have to wait and see um so what do you guys think about this is this worth you know i mean obviously we're all going to get this because like we're obsessive uh but is this something that you know if you already have that other blu-ray is this a a release worth double dipping on or triple or quadruple dipping on how how many times you've bought this you know the, the various box sets that have included this film or individual releases over the years um it's it's up to each viewer. I, I think it's a tough sell. I mean, they have a lot of new interviews in there, which is very exciting. Um, but especially when you're getting the same transfer, and I don't know about others, but I'm not like huge fan of the way Sony handles their transfers. They're fine, but it's not something exceptional. So especially if you already have the Blu-ray, I think it I think it'd be a tough sell. Uh, the cover art looks nice, but I honestly kind of prefer the more overtly outlandish uh, cover they give the Best Buy exclusive steelbook i don't know if you guys saw that it's still actually available i'm seeing now from best buy um, oh yeah you know i think that was i think mark mentioned that last time when we were talking about so like this was teased at in the um the email newsletter last month 
Oh yeah, so the steel book is is that the one where it, it's like the him you know with the with the bomb uh, or like the yeah. missile kind of like in between his legs and he's sitting on the chair. And it uh, kind of has the same similar title treatment, which is always cool. Yeah. Um, uh, no, that is a cool steel book. Yeah, I mean, certainly for Criterion fans and uh, Criterion completists, is not one to cry over, and it's an, an incredible film and. Like I said, those interviews sound really cool. So I'll be interested to hear reviews and I'll kind of go from there. Scott's definitely a better person to ask about that because I'm firmly in the completionist camp, as you know. But, <laughs> um, so, yeah, but I, don't, I don't own any of the previous releases, so I'm definitely extremely excited uh, to, be, to be getting this one. And I do think that I, I like the cover art a lot, actually. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see if this one's going to be a, like a, a digipack. You know, it's one of the ones where the the maybe it doesn't seem like late likely because we're not getting really getting those lately. But it's it's definitely of a high enough um, you know uh, interest level that I could I could maybe see them doing it, which would be awesome. And there's just enough written content that it could be a booklet, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Have either of you seen that uh, that YouTube video of um, of Peter Sellers doing all the different British accents for uh, for Kubrick over the phone? I haven't, no. but I will include a link to that in the yeah, show notes because that's I'll send you, that sounds I'll send you great. Like, it's awesome. It's so good. He goes from like county to county and does each of them. It's it's so great. So one thing that uh, w- so this was teased at in the New Year's drawing as well as well, and then later on last month in the the email newsletter, um, and I think in talking with Mark about it, we were talking about you know what could Criterion do to make this special? What why would people want to you know double dip on this? Um, the pie fight, that was something that people had been kind of hoping, you know, there might be material, you know, that has, you know, this previously had been shot and cut out of, of the film that, you know, has been harder and harder to find. Or, you know, there have been like, you know, pictures of it going around online um, that, you know, show up every once in a while. People will repost things like that. Um but it doesn't look like that's being included as like any, you know, there's there's no listing for, you know, the pie fight being included as like a, a supplement on this release. I thought I saw I mean, somewhere that the Kubrick estate didn't want it included. Yeah. I have a hard time believing it like doesn't exist in any form given how crazy obsessive Stanley Kubrick was, but I think it's firmly locked away and probably with good reason. I've never understood the obsession with the pie fight under than it's something that Cooper cut out of the film. It wouldn't fit with the film at all. I don't really feel a particular need to see it because the film's so perfect as it is. Um, <laughs> this is one of those things where uh, there's a certain type of uh, cinephile, I think, that gets obsessed with Kubrick's kind of exacting films that uh, gets a little crazy over them that I've never understood. And uh, But uh, if they get it, more power to them someday. But I think it's locked away with good reason or hopefully destroyed. I mean, I think one of the things that people love about Criterion is just like the archival nature of or maybe not archival but just like the you know definitive nature of their releases being like well this is it like now we have everything we need to know about this film you know and that's like that's that isn't always the case with with their releases um especially when they have you know when they're working closely with a living director who you know has tight control uh or in a state that has tight control you know as is the case with like many of the chaplain releases but sometimes like you know they'll they'll include something that maybe the director at the time or you know when he was around didn't you know like it for some reason but they managed to get it and include it on their on the the release that they put out uh i mean obviously they have to work with with the with the estate on something like this but i think there's always the, the hope that like 
what we'll get from Criterion is this thing that is just like, we'll stand the test of time and we'll give us everything we need to know. This will be our little film school in a box as far as, you know, everything we need to know about this film. No, that's a good point. I, I guess my thing is if they wanted to release the pie fight, I don't think this is the venue to do it in. I think that makes it a little too attention grabby for all the wrong reasons. Um, if they want, I think they should just throw it out online if they or show it at a festival or something. I think when you when you talk about that that film school in a box, and I completely agree with you. I think that what I think about is something like uh, where in on the waterfront they have like you know what three different aspect yeah. ratio presentations, yeah. which is just crazy. But that makes sense. It's like this was shown in these ways, and look and see what the kind of differences are. And I, I think I agree with Scott that I'm not sure the the pie fight rises to that level of of uh, archival importance but i saw other obviously other people strongly disagree so. well i mean you know with like it's a mad 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 world they included that you know that that piece together roadshow edition where like yeah. and that wasn't you know the ideal format for it or you know it wasn't like you know the ideal presentation of it even because they had to kind of piece it together and in some cases they only had like still images to to use and so i guess it just seems like you know, how many more releases are of this are we going to get? You know, maybe there'll be a ultra high definition version of this somewhere down the line. Um, and maybe they're just, maybe the Kubrick estate is holding out for like some future uh, release down the line where they're like, okay, well, this is, this is all we have left to kind of make something exclusive. And so we it's almost never shown with that in it though, right? No, that's, I think that's the big difference between that and something like Mad Mad is that this was never part of the film. Um, and if anything, I, I don't think the Kubrick estate is waiting for a money grab. I think the Kubrick estate is doing pretty well financially. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think if anything, this is going to be like a case of attrition where people die off who actually knew Kubrick and it's just left in the hands of people who never had any attachment, but are left with this big pile of money and are like, well, here's another way to exploit it. So other Kubrick films that Criterion might get, do you think there's anything left uh, from the various other studios that that still hold the rights to it. I mean, there's like, you know, the stuff that Warner Brothers has. Um, is it pretty much just Warner Brothers and then also Universal who had... Um, was it Universal who had Spartacus? Yeah, and there are various companies with the early stuff, most of which they've already released or has been released by another company. Um, I think with the new Warner Brothers deal, Barry Lyndon's a very real possibility because it's never been mm-hmm. a huge priority for Warner. Obviously never been a big seller. And as long as Warner Brothers is open to what Criterion can bring to the table, that seems like a prime candidate, especially because it is far more beloved by cinephiles than it is by the general public. Yeah. And that would give... Orange? Sorry, Ryan. Well, that would just give Criterion the opportunity to release it in, I guess, the the, uh, the aspect ratio that Kubrick preferred versus what was released on Blu-ray from Warner right. Brothers. Yeah. I was just saying maybe, maybe, I, I don't th- see any scenario where they get The Shining or 2001, right? But oh, no. <laughs> maybe Clockwork Orange, like I wouldn't have said that prior to this, but this one I would have said was off the, off the table a couple years ago. So maybe. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed definitely on, on them, you know, kind of putting together their own little uh, Kubrick collection that, you know, maybe one day they'll, this will be a little box set at, uh, Costco in the way that there's that rock box and, and Hitchcock, <laughs> maybe there'll be like a little, uh, Kubrick box set with all of their various releases in it. People will be all annoyed that they can't just buy the box. <laughs> uh, is that still true? You can't buy that box individually from Criterion. Has anyone tried? I think they, you maybe can if you email them, but I don't think that anyone, I'm not sure anyone successfully pulled that off yet. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's June. Uh, 
six titles, pretty impressive lineup, great cover art all around, I think. Uh, you know, lots of great new supplements. Again, no no upgrades, no no eclipse set. Kind of kind of sad that we're now like six months into 2016 with no new eclipse set. Um, but it does, I, I say that, but I also like, I'm still not complete with, with buying all of them. So I'm, I'm slowly whittling down my list of what I need and not having new ones to add to my list, I think makes it a little bit easier as far as like, okay, well I can catch up now. Yeah. There's still plenty of new to us Eclipse sets. Yeah, definitely. But it does, the, the no upgrade thing kind of hurts in that, like our, our Blu-ray upgrade wishlist episode uh, is feeling more and more like a thing of the past. Like, you know, maybe we shouldn't plan on doing that again in in December if it if things continue on in this fashion. I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, they're just waiting on getting these films out and, and maybe on the Ultra HD stuff to see where that kind of shakes out. But yeah, it's it's really upsetting because they released so many great films that before they started doing Blu-ray that need need upgrades. Yep. So, um, what is there any any other pieces of news that we should talk about before we uh wrap things up here um i don't i, I don't think so I'll, I'll include links in the show notes for all the stuff that we talked about tonight um and i'll also include stuff like there was a um sam smith did a uh cover art poster thing for this blu-ray release of fantastic planet which uh is pretty cool i'll link to his little process post on uh his blog for it um I don't know. Do you guys have any other thoughts on on Criterion News or or the June titles? That's a solid month. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, just a great month. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining me tonight to talk about this stuff. Everyone, thanks for downloading the episode. And again, I'll have links in the show notes where you can find uh, all of us online and uh, all the things that we talked about. So we'll see you probably in a couple of weeks. I'd imagine that we'll do another episode of the newsstand when the... Uh, you know, the wacky email newsletter goes up and there's maybe a few more things to talk about. And then, you know, in a month from now, we'll get the uh, July titles as well as the kind of first, I'm sure the people in the UK will, will start talking more about the Criterion UK stuff uh, as their the titles are released, which will happen in, in about one month from now. So uh, it'll be fun to kind of see this actually, you know, spread across the, the pond. All right, everyone. See you next time.